Amen. Because God is good. How's everyone feeling this morning? Is God good? Is God as good as my shirt? Mixed reviews. I've had a few people say to me, that shirt is amazing. Uh, one chap said I would wear that myself. That was a huge compliment. I know it's a divider. I know some people don't appreciate it. My wife despises it. It makes me wear it more. It does. It's terrible. I love wearing it. Um, anyway, so um, a massive welcome. Uh, hands up if you've ever read anything, anything. could be one word, could be the whole book from Galatians. And uh, brilliant. So Saint, we know St. Paul wrote Galatians and uh, St. Paul did this thing where he hopped across different places, really trying to breathe life and, and kind of follow where the Spirit was leading, uh, really trying to put some oomph behind the early church. Uh, so he would kind of advise us as early believers and say, here's some of the things I've learned, here's some of the things that we should be doing as a church. Um, so we thought it was really practical to look at Galatians because we believe it's so relevant for where we're all at. Uh, so I've got, had the task today of looking at Galatians 6, which in summary, I think, uh, I would title this message today, I love titling messages, it just keeps it uh, simple. Today's message would be called, uh, Be Transformed. Be Transformed. It's an easy word. If you think about transformation, the big thing that pops out to me, if you're an, in- an Instagram kind of person, I call it insecurity-gram, because you look at other people's lives and get jealous, don't you? Look what they're doing. But especially for this. Insecurity gram is amazing for body transformations. How many times have you heard the words, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing the, the, the couch to 5K, or I, I can deadlift X amount, whatever. And obviously for scrawny armed people like myself, it's just depressing. Oh, what about this one? Gains. What the heck is gains? It's like this modern word that we use. It's like the new selfie word. Everyone's talking about gains, which basically means, for those guys who aren't aware, I'm going to put muscle on in a certain area. And I'm going to show you about it through selfies and lots of conversation. And you're all going to stare in a wonder at my big biceps. That's gains. Um, which is awesome if you can actually gain muscle. But if you can't, it leaves you depressed. So it's almost like this billion dollar industry. And really, it's about one word. It's transformation. I want to go from the place that I'm currently in to a place where I'm going to feel much better. Now, we're all in this state of transformation. Perhaps some of us today are busy transforming our wardrobes from the summer season, hello again, to the winter season. It's true, isn't it? May as well just keep, you know, whatever. And packing for kids is unbelievable because you kind of take coats, you take jumpers, you take like umbrellas, you take vests, but it's living in the UK, isn't it? Or perhaps some of you are in transformation where you've been off for six weeks, where your feet up, teachers, uh, and suddenly, oh, it's back to work. Bom, bom, bom. Um, I've got a friend who was a teacher. He's had nine weeks off. That's incredible. Nine weeks. And, um, but what about a, a transformation of a new job? Or perhaps some of us are, are transitioning into a new location or a new season. Uh, and for us as a church, we've been through this real season of uh, I would say pruning, where the Lord's kind of said, here we are, here's what we're doing, he's who's with us, he's who's not with us, but equally within that, it's so exciting because you think, do you know what, in a season of transformation, change is uncomfortable, isn't it? Loads of us don't like change, but change means that something good, hopefully, is about to come. And we've got to believe for the hope, and we've got to hope for the best in, in the situation. So St. Paul kind of pens this letter to the early church, known as Galatians, uh, in Galatia. And he kind of encourages us on a few factors. So today, I want to grapple with transformation. Uh, and 1 Timothy 4.8 says this, Physical training is good, 
Posting your pictures on Instagram is good. But actually, training for godliness is much better. Training for godliness is the way. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Keith and I, yesterday, we did this 30-mile cycle. You know, it was good for leg gains, wasn't it, Keith? Awesome. But actually, it's getting into the word that really counts. Um, So church, here we are. We're training for godliness. Paul summarizes in Galatians, and if you're carrying your Bible today, I'd love you to flick your Bible open to this. Let's read together. But if not, it'll be on the screen. And Paul summarizes, and he says this, and I think it's so, so important. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross. The cross. I want to pause there for a second, and just... For your life, for the journey that you've been on, for this season of transition that you're probably in at the moment, how does the cross look for you? Is the cross something that you're currently fixed upon and and your life goes from the cross? Or is it something that as you go into life, the cross kind of stands behind you as a support, kind of overshadows everything you're about? Or perhaps for some of us, we kind of glance at the cross cross occasionally when things begin to, to crumble or we need some help. How does a cross look in your life today? St. Paul is urging us to boast about nothing, nothing else, apart from the cross of Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world is being crucified. It's being nailed to the mast. And the world's interest in me has also died. Verse 15, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. Why do I always get the circumcised verses? I, re- I preached a few weeks ago, and it was the same verse. If you don't know what it is, please turn to your neighbor and ask, and I'm sure they'll tell you all about that. Um, what counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. That's the golden line here. What's important, church, is have you been transformed into a new creation? Some people say, you're one of those, aren't you? Yeah, you're one of them. You're one of them, and you'll say, what's one of them? You're one of those born-again Christians. And, uh, and, and it's true. I've been born again. The old has gone and the new has come. Which is amazing. But actually, if we look at the current situation of where we are, it's so often difficult to see God's transforming power in the here and now. I bet if I asked this room, you probably say two or three quick stories of how God's done something in your life. Maybe it was a relationship, or you moved to a certain area, or the job at just the right time, or you were praying for ages, and the doors opened, or the doors closed, and it was a God thing. Incredible. But actually, if we say, what's God doing now? I, I don't know. I'm confused. I, I haven't got all the answers. I'm in this place of just, just trusting. Perhaps that's a real place of joy for you at the moment, but equally, perhaps it's a place of despair. I just haven't got the answers. And it's this process, and process brings uh, change. So are you a new creation? Have you been transformed today by the power of Jesus Christ? Charles Spurgeon, I want to read from uh, what Charles Spurgeon said. I just thought this was so beautiful. When things are said in, in Old English, almost, it almost adds so much power to uh, to the gospel. It's beautiful. Listen to these words. If you've got ADHD, I do apologize. Please try and zone back in if you can, because it's quite lengthy, but it's so powerful. Uh, And he says, and he wrote this in in January 19, 1871. How many years ago was that? Any mathematicians? Anyone good with history? 1871? That was a, a low mumble, wasn't it? How many years? 146 years. Is she right? That's, that's good. That's brilliant. 
140, that's a long time ago, isn't it? So 146 years ago, Charles Spurgeon was moved by the Holy Spirit, and I believe, to speak to us today. He says, Beloved, how intimately is the whole of our life interwoven with the life of Christ? His first coming has been towards salvation. Hoorah! And we are delivered from the wrath of God through him. We live still because he lives, and never is our life more joyous than when we look more steadily on him. The completion of our salvation in the deliverance of our body from the bondage of corruption. In the raising of our dust to a glorious immortality that also is wrapped up with personal resurrection and a quickening of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. As his first advent has been our salvation from sin, so his second advent, that's his second coming, shall be our salvation from the grave. He is in heaven, but as the apostle saith, we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. There's some weight behind those words. There's some weight behind those words. And really, Charles Spurgeon is alluding to this sense of transformation. How when we put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ, that we, we become this new being, this new self. And um, I think that one of the quickest ways to, to say this is, is, it's almost when we invite Jesus into our lives, that we begin to see some of the things that are of us erode. Some quick examples. The Bible says that the fruits of the Spirit are what? Shout some out. Love, joy, faithfulness, peace patience, gentleness, self-control, and kindness. That's totally it. And and do you know what? I would say, on my ratty days, I am so far removed from all of those things. Ask Joe. It's so true. And do you know what? We all are too. Don't throw stones this morning. But actually, when I first encountered Jesus, and I I said, Jesus, I want to believe in you, and, and and if you're real, let's do this. I, I, it was almost like this, this gush, this gush of all of these things. It was so weird, so odd, but almost this sense of full-on transformation. But the same transformation is available for all of us today. So are you ratty? Are you impatient? Are you fed up? Are you getting angry really quickly about things that are just going on? Are you just, at the moment, in, in, in the depths of despair, where are you? Because the Word says that when we say yes to Jesus as a daily thing, that our lives begin to look more like him. And what's the fruit of that? It's the things we've just said. It's the joy, the patience, the, the, the self-control, the kindness. These things begin to, to flow from us. What's the last kind word we said? What's the last thing that we did uh, that was a, a real gentle um, you know, act? Or, or perhaps self-control is a huge thing. At the moment, perhaps we've got no restraint. Finances, perhaps the things that we watch, or the, the bad habits that we're into, or the fact that really we're, just, we're so into a certain soap that we have no time for anything else. What some of these things? But actually, the closer we get to Jesus, the more these things take a backward step. I want us to do something really practical this morning. I'd love one volunteer, one volunteer. Don't worry, you're not going to do anything, but the rest of the people are, I promise. So the person who does this is going to be excluded from this. But one volunteer, anybody uh, want a brilliant mate? Come on up. What's your name again? Alex, brilliant. And Alex, as Josh asked, are you single? I don't know why he asked that. We'll ask him, we'll find out later on. I don't know what it is with Josh. I want you to find nine people. Just, just, just look for those people looking confident this morning. Have a, look, have a quick glance. Anyone, if anyone does, puts their eyes down at the moment, then you're going to go for that person, right? 
Right, so nine people. Go. Try and spread it equally. Go, go, go. Anyone? Anyone. Yeah. Great. Just remember, anyone avoiding eye contact, pick on them. Everyone's staring at them. I love that. Don't blink. Don't blink. (laughs) Oh, no. Brilliant. Okay. So as we're beginning to get in those, uh, those little uh, words across the room, the people who are holding those, those, uh, those words, look to your left and right, and I want you to very quickly gather the four or five people around you. And what you're going to do very quickly is I want you, as your five, just to speak words into that phrase. It could be something like, here's what I think about it, or this is my experience. It could be, um, uh, I don't know. It just could be a few different things, but just speak some words or a phrase or the first thing that pops to your mind. So, for example, money. You might want to say, I've got loads of it. Let us know if you have. Or it could be, there's one there, which is a huge one, uh, location. You could say, I blooming love Teesside. Or you might say, my heart's ambition is to fly to Australia. So, go. In two minutes, the first thing in your fives and your sixes that pops to your mind about that word, and then we're going to come back really quick. Okay, we've got a few phrases here, and, and I want you to think about the, all the phrases that pop up, because I think all of them are relevant to all of us. You might want to disagree, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but um, we're going to hear about different portions of your life, and, um, and, and what I think we're going to talk about, you're going to think, yeah, okay, so let's go for it. Who has got health? Brilliant, be, be loud please and clear, okay, health. You don't have to. Just as a group, anybody, what did you get? Anything? A quick one or two words? Good health, bad health. Perfect. Yes. Oh, you guys went in. Unhealthy habits. Brilliant. Yep. All of that kind of stuff as well. Eating healthy. Perfect. Health. Health, health, health. Who thinks, if I just achieve perfect health, life is going to be perfect? Anyone? Oh, great. Okay. Uh, The next one. Family. Who's got family? Brilliant. What did you get at the back? Being at home, love and support, and man flu. Bad food. <laughs> Great. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it's just a prophetic word, maybe. Um, okay, perfect. So, body image. Who got body image? Oh, yes. Great. Perfect. And what did you discuss? Condition your heart appearances. Uh, insecurity came up with body image. You do. Yeah, yeah. You, totally, totally. Um, so the, the, the guys were saying that uh, you can get uh, body image totally wrong. You, you judge by appearance straight away. We all do, don't we? And you can kind of get that completely wrong. We probably all had awkward conversations. And you just think, why did I say that? Um, brilliant. Fulfilled dreams. There's a good one. Fulfilled dreams. Yes. Three great uh, viewpoints from that. Yeah, fulfilled dreams. Isn't that an interesting one? If I just get to that point where everything I'm dreaming of is fulfilled, life will be awesome. Dead interesting. What about the job? The job. This is a huge one, isn't it? The job. We change jobs. We, you know, it's... What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the hardest job of all is being a mum, bringing up kids. It's the job, totally. It's rewarding, totally. Absolutely. 
Perfect, great. So three quick thoughts. Um, fly, uh, fly through these. This is a rubbish one, I know, but for me, this is mine. The car. When I achieve the car, life will be perfect. Um, I'm getting some nods of approval uh, and some disapproval as well. How about this one? This is a great one. The church. When I attend the perfect church, I'm going to find happiness. Great. Let's talk about the church. Not this one, of course, but the church is a global movement. Any thoughts, guys? Encouragement. Brilliant. Family, yeah. Um, great, the church. So a few words there again, you might relate to that. Perfect. We're getting there. Uh, the location, yeah, okay. Yeah, perfect. Getting the perfect house, totally. Yeah, the location, yeah. Big one, a big one. We usually the church in London, the huge one for us. You'd meet all these cool people, and they'd say, um, won't, be, won't be around long, I'm off to Australia next year. And uh, you'd be like, wow, that's such an like, impulsive decision. Is the Lord leading you there? Oh, no, no, we'll just, it's kind of the next step for us. Like this real sense of just people choosing these huge decisions because it looks sexy or glamorous or whatever. But actually, location can be a real um, big factor for all of us. Uh, and the last two, finances. Holler if you've got loads. Um, but what was yours? Yeah, pressure is another one. Yeah, keyword. Anything else with finance? Student loan. Yeah. Credit cards, all that kind of stuff. Yeah can be a burden. I heard something really interesting once about finances. We should do a series on this, really. And someone, people say, money's evil. Money's the root of all evil. I actually think, I heard this, I think it's so true, that, that money is neutral. It's what we do with it that determines the outcome. But actually, it can be viewed as evil, can't it? But there's some real uh, interesting factors there. And the last one, relationship or relationships. Who's got relationships? Trust. Are they healthy? Brilliant. Is God a part of it? That's strong. Handle with care, yeah. Handle with care relationships, yeah, yeah. And of course, this covers um, spouses, friendships, family, friends, work, um, broken down relationships, yeah, yeah. It's a big old topic, isn't it? Relationships. And I, was, I, be, I began to, um, to piece these things together, and I was thinking about myself, and maybe I've excluded some things. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But I began to put the bits together that I think I try and think. If I can get these eight or nine or ten things in a line, and get them all just perfect, it'll kind of all fall into place. And it's naivety, isn't it? Because it's totally, it just doesn't work like that. You'll get a few in the line, and then the car breaks down, or someone falls out with you, or finances do look poor, or, and then you'll think, great, you know, the, um, the family's looking great, or, or the, the finances are looking great, but then, but then health has is, is took a hit. And I don't think our viewpoint is, if we get these things together, life's going to be great. The transformation that we talk about and that the Bible um, alludes to is actually that Jesus didn't come just to improve portions of our lives, little bits here, little bits there, but actually he came to improve and change and transform the whole thing all in. And it's almost like this mindset, isn't it? It's this, it's this change of view that actually, Jesus, you came to, to impact my whole being and, and to change my thinking and change my heart and my responses, not just getting these things in line and finding uh, happiness through my manipulation or, or the wish list, but actually, God, only you can bring full-on transformation. Ephesians says it perfectly. It says, you were living in your, uh, your sins and lawless ways. This is Ephesians 2. But in fact, you were dead. You used to live as sinners when you followed the way of the world. You served the one who rules over the spiritual forces of evil. He is the spirit who is now at work in those who don't obey God. But God loves us so deeply that he gave us new life. The word is metamorphic. Shout metamorphic. 
metamorphic. If you watch Power Rangers, it's almost like that, isn't it? It's like, boom, boom, it's morphic time. And they become this, like, this rock-hard ninja all of a sudden. It's brilliant. And um, it's that sense of being fully transformed. The cheesy illustration would be the, the butterfly and the caterpillar. We all know that one, don't we? Amazing story of change through, through struggle and this gorgeous thing emerges. But actually, this is what the Bible talks about. Metamorphic change. Have you changed? Do you see portions of your life? Do you see the entirety of your life changed? Would you say today that you've changed, but you have also got a tendency to change back? Have you been on a journey and you're like, do you know what, it's, it's been great, but here's some areas of my life that I'm still really struggling to just to trust with or to see breakthrough in. The Bible promises whole change. That God came to give us a completely new life. What an amazing thought that we get so numb to. And God wants us to deepen in our maturity, grow in our faith, but also progress in our walk with him. And I thought of three quick points. I know we love um, ABCs, one, two, threes, just concise messages. And I thought of three uh, really quick points that I think are helpful when we look at um, the change within us. And looking at, uh, just to see where uh, God's transformation is. So number one, it's on the screen. I think um, when it comes to change, uh, we need a change of discipline. Discipline. And what I mean by discipline is, um, it's almost like transformation comes through inhabitation. It's a big posh word, which means hanging out with. Living in that space. And it's that change comes when we get closer to Jesus. That's true transformation. And uh, Philippians 2.13 says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What a great thought. But we get tired, we get, we get worn out, it becomes a rat race, we've got other things to focus on. But actually, God, true change in my life, true tr- transformation of the heart and the mind is going to come through hanging out with you. So my big, bold question this morning for you, because I've been asking myself this question, is when's the last time we put a date in the diary with Jesus? Some really good time. And church, really... Is, is that sense of, it's, it's coming, isn't it? We, we gather to go, and as we go, we come back to gather. It's that sense of, of retraction, that as we come to church, but, but even in church, through, through the business of church, through the, the notices of church, through the, the, the schedule of church life, we can sometimes leave and just think, I'm not sure. So transformation doesn't necessarily need to be an emotional response. It's not... God, you filled me up today in church. I had a real uh, angelic visitation from the Lord. That's what we aspire for. Come on. But actually, God, my attitude today, my thinking today, is that as I lean in, as I spend time with you, I'm going to trust that that truth underpins the rest of my life. Do we believe in that? Do we believe in that, church? That God is working in you. That's not just part-time. That's just not on a, a one hour a week thing. God is constantly working in our lives to bring change. So transformation through inhabitation. Christ's transforming powers resting on us uh, as we allow Christ to live through us. Colossians 1.27 gives us this great secret. And it says this, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Come on. That's the secret. He lives in you. It's not about the peripheral stuff, the, uh, if I just do X, Y, and Z, actually Christ lives in me, that's my goal point. 
That is your goal point. That's where we're charged from. That's what we are uh, energized from that place. So a change of discipline. Um, it's the places in our lives at the moment where we can have those, those moments of worship. It, perhaps it's on the way to work. The quick examples, I know we love them, the practical stuff. The way to work, it's, it's a worship CD. Or perhaps it's an audio uh, CD. Perhaps it's a recap of last Sunday's talk via our podcast. What about that sense of just living in the Word? It's inhabitation. Each day, although I'm not going to feel like it's rocking my socks off, I'm going to commit to reading a few lines of the Bible. Come on. Perhaps it's getting stuck into a great book. And do you know what I was thinking today? I was talking to Keith yesterday. Um, I would love to purchase a book for each person here today um, who is just thinking, do you know what? At the moment, I'm just wondering what to read. I read this thing uh, years ago by Rick Warren, and it's called A Purpose Driven Life. And it's the truths, it's the gospel truths of what God thinks about you, how you've been formed in your mother's womb for a plan and a purpose. And he talks about so much heavenly goodness. I would love to give each person a book. Just read it. A chapter a day. Dead easy. It is such fundamental truths. I promise you it will transform your thinking. So can we get stuck into a book? What about living in community? This is community. This is why the local church is so powerful. Look around you. Where else in this world would you hang out with people to your left and to your right? You just probably wouldn't. The workplace or the pub or, you know, you, you still wouldn't meet such a beautiful, diverse group of people. It's incredible. But the local church grabs us and God's ambition is for us to be harnessed to change the world for him. Come on. Can we live more in community, more in the word and more in worship? Dead easy. The quick win-win is getting yourself to the local church every Sunday. We do all of those things. But also it should be our ambition each day. Number two. What about a change of thinking? We could do a 25-week sermon series on this. This is huge. I would love to hear from some, some great thinkers on this. This is massive, and I believe this is the biggest battleground for all of us. The renewing of our minds. Old thoughts to new thoughts. Hands up. It's true, isn't it? We're crippled by thoughts. Negative thoughts, uh, cynical observations, um, we're, we're quick to judge in our thinking, we'll, we'll clock somebody within 0.2 seconds, straight away, or perhaps it's just it's the thought processes of the past, past relationships, past breakdowns. All of this stuff just kind of flows from our thinking. A great example years ago is someone once said about how would you let kind of goodness win in your thinking. And someone said, especially the things that we look at and the things that we observe, is someone said, it's like, it's like when a, a crow flies to a nest. A, a, and that crow, as it's landing, you've got a split second and make a big noise and to scare it off again. And as these thoughts, that, and as your thought patterns and my thought patterns begin to take hold, we've got literally a second to win the war in our mind. To get rid of these thoughts, to think, no, I'm not going to let these things kick in. But it's exhausting. Romans 12.2 says, be transformed. It's St. Paul again, be transformed. Be changed. A full morphic time thing by, the, by the, um, the, the power of your mind. Be renewed in your thinking. It is massive. How many times this week have we thought negative things about our situations? About ourselves? About other people around us? Perhaps it's been a festering thought of damage we'd like to do to somebody. Or just what I would say if I had that conversation again. And it just festers. This is mind stuff. And it's so, so toxic. A change of thinking. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I think simply, and we need to hear from some total experts on this, it'd be, it'd be brilliant to do, 
But I think this stuff as well seems to fall into place the closer we get to Jesus. The more time we spend in his presence, that our thinking is renewed, that the more we, we think his thoughts about us, about ourselves, and, and the less human stuff seems to seep through. So I want to invite us in a moment to be transformed in our thinking as we spend time with Jesus. And I believe so passionately he wants to hang out here today, that he's, he's, he's working, he's bringing things to the forefront of your thinking, and he's churning things over. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He pushes us closer to God. So Holy Spirit, we say more of that. We say more of that. Change our thinking. And then the third one is a change of action. Make the decision. With any change, there needs to be decision, an acknowledgement. The big example would be the AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and I love it because when those guys uh, gather, part of the course is, is, it's almost saying, you know what, here's where I am. Here's where I've been, but I acknowledge where I want to go. Isn't that so powerful? But for some of us here today, we need to make a decision. Here's where I want to go. This is who I want to be. This is what I'm going to write down. This is, this is my journal. This is my ambition. And the Bible says, have a vision. Make it plain. Write it down. Write it down. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? I'm writing it down. I am making a decision today that this stuff that's been holding me back, this, this thing that's, that's been grabbing my life, choking the life out of it, God, today, I choose to make a decision to move forward into full transformation. Psalm 51.10. The writer says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And as we look at change, that God, you would change our hearts today. Uh, what's the heart's response? That it would go from being a mundane response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same old message. Same old vibe. To God, I believe that your life is flowing from these words. That God, I'm going to have a change of heart. And a change of heart is, is it's a turnaround, isn't it? From this direction to this direction. And I believe some of us today need to walk uh, into that. So a change of heart, a change of response. When's the last time we saw Jesus transform our lives? And that's what I want us to lean into today. Just for a moment, think about some of the things that have been said. Perhaps at the moment you're trying to grapple with the, the family thing or the, the body image thing. Perhaps at the moment it's, it's health. It's the struggle. Perhaps it's the finances Oh, you haven't found your place in church and it's these things. If, if I just get these, these bits and bobs in order, the career, I'll feel great. Let's ditch that thinking today. God, when I spend time in your presence, when I chase after you, when I look again to that cross, that's where my transformation comes from. The rest of the stuff will make sense and flow from that. The rest of the stuff, let's leave for Jesus to work out. Let's leave it for Jesus who can bring life from death, who can bring hope from despair, and who today I believe wants to really grab hold of our lives and see full, full, incredible, about turn, metamorphosis, transformation. Do you want to see that in your life? Do we want to see that in the lives of those around us? I do. I know we do. So let's respond. Let's give God time to work on us. Who today needs open heart surgery? God, come and work on me.
come and work on me. I'm so tight up, uptight even. <laughs> I'm so uptight. I'm quick off the mark. I'm aggressive. My peace is gone. I'm, I'm anxious. I've got questions. I'm just in a place of, of insecurity. All of us face this stuff. But today we have an opportunity to say, God, come and transform us. Come and transform us. Come and change us to be more like you. Because you died on that cross, because you rose again, why live in death when we can choose life? So God, we just want to wait for a moment without any hype, without any distraction. God, you know where each and every one of us are at. And Holy Spirit, I pray you would move in power. You are so welcome here. The things that you've been bringing to our, at the forefront of our thinking and our minds and our hearts. That God, you would give us the, the ability to say yes. Yes, yes, yes. Have your way. 